0: so it's phoenix 98 fm you're listening to the morning show it's thursday morning which means it is time for is it legal brought to you by dpp law high street brentwood and if you'd like to reach them for your own advice you can on 0208 597 5557 and my guest in the studio welcome back to Tara Beebe.
1: Morning Craig.
0: Hello thank you very much for coming in I didn't scare you off last time then. It's it's a pleasure to be back. Excellent and you're armed with some very very useful information And, and today I believe we're focusing on something that for the 65 plus community they could find this very useful.
1: Yes, of course. We're going to be concentrating on a benefit known as the Attendance Allowance Benefit, which is a tax-free benefit for people aged 65 and over.
0: Great stuff. Okay, so either you are in that age group yourself, or no doubt that you will have somebody in your family who is, so hopefully we'll be able to pass on some uh, useful pointers for you. Now, attendance allowance then um maybe if you expand a little bit about what it means and how people qualify for it
1: attendance allowance greg is a tax-free benefit for people aged 65 or over who have a physical or a mental disability and need help with personal care or supervision in order to remain safe now there's quite a strict qualifying criteria which i'll go through in detail yeah um First of all, you need to make a claim for attendance allowance. Um, That's by telephoning the Department for Work and Pensions, and I'll give you the telephone number for that later on.
0: Okay. And we'll also post that up on the website as well, so that if anybody's listening now and can't take down notes, then on phoenixfm.com we'll put a full uh, full info for anybody that wants to investigate further. Exactly,
1: because this is a lot of information to take in in one go. The other formal requirement for attendance allowance is that you must be over the age of 65 years old right? um, and you must satisfy one of the disability tests, which I'll go through, and meet the qualifying periods and pass the residence and presence test which i'll go through individually
0: with you that sounds like uh, awfully complicated serious stuff i'm glad you're here to help me through this i would, i'm well, gonna i'll be lost by the end of this you realize
1: we'll go through it step by step just to break it down for everyone and make it okay. a lot more accessible
0: okay so qualification so it's 65 plus the disability test you've already mentioned a qualifying period and, and obviously the residence and presence tests what is the qualifying period what, what does that mean how does that work
1: What the qualifying period is, is that you must have been in need of the care for six months prior to making the application. Um, You can make your claim before the six months have passed, but they'll only consider it at a later stage if the six months hasn't been completed. However, if you're suffering from a terminal illness, then that can be waived. You don't need to pass the six months qualifying period. Yeah. And there are also exceptional rules for people on renal dialysis yeah so um it's important that they can contact us and we can advise them further on those
0: okay all right no problem and again you'll find all of the info for contacting tara and dpp law phoenixfm.com you'll be able to listen back to this again to pick out the information that's relevant to you Um, and i suppose a question that 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 could possibly be on a few people's lips right now because we're talking attendance allowance Um, how much do you get for a Attendance allowance
1: well it depends on the award that you've been granted there's two rates available for attendance allowance one is the higher rate and the other one is the lower rate currently the award for the lower rate is in the sum of 54 pounds and 45 pence per week okay. and the higher rate is 81 pounds and 30 pence greg i think it's important that i emphasize at this stage that in order to apply for attendance allowance people do not actually have to be receiving that particular care or help at present. Right. Um you can get the attendance allowance even if you live on your own. Yeah. And you you don't need to have a carer really to apply.
0: Okay. So all it's right. just so looking
1: it's, at the care needs.
0: Yeah, so you can get assessed as it were to see whether or not you are uh, Eligible, Eligible. yes, yeah. that's correct. Okay, um, and are there any other factors? I guess there will be, uh, in terms of your life and, and what can affect the amount you can get, or whether you, you know, I mean, basically, does anything affect what you get?
1: Right, it's quite important to spell out from the beginning of this that attendance allowance is not means tested, right? And what that means is that you could have a million pounds in your bank, yeah. And still be entitled to this benefit it really looks at your health issues and how you're affected on a day-to-day basis um anyone receiving state pension or pension credits it won't affect those benefits at all in fact you'll be entitled to additional benefits as a result of this benefit oh i see
0: right so this yeah once you once you've gone through the assessment the eligibility this 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 doesn't affect anything else and you can get more yes right it doesn't reduce your current benefits at any stage right okay no that's that's really important okay um if, for example, you were to find yourself going into hospital, I mean, would that, would that affect it or would that be something that would um, increase your eligibility for it?
1: Right. Going into hospital is quite a unique scenario with attendance allowance. Normally, the payment of attendance allowance stops after 28 days of you being in hospital. Yeah. And the payment can restart once you leave the hospital. So during the period that you're in hospital for 28 days, you won't be entitled to attendance allowance because your care needs are being met by I the see. NHS.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you're actually getting the care that this money would be paying for yes, while indeed. you're in hospital. Yeah. That's correct. No, that makes sense. Okay. Um, I mean, hospitals, one, one situation. Um, I suppose care homes would be, uh, again, would that, would that affect it if you were to go into a care home?
1: It does have an effect on your um, application for attendance allowance. Normally, you can't be paid the attendance allowance monies if you are in a care home. And let me just try and define what a care home is because that's quite an important concept for attendance allowance. It's usually an establishment that provides accommodation together with nursing or personal care. Um, I don't want people to be confused with living with their children or relatives or friends who provide care for them that's not an official care home so it has to be an official care home for you to be exempt from attendance allowance so you won't be paid the attendance allowance monies if however you're in a care home say from mondays to fridays and spend the weekends at home or with family and friends you can still make an application for those days when you're not in yeah. the care home so, so it's worth applying for
0: and also just to backtrack a little bit because something just occurred to me on that as well then okay. so um, if you are living with an elderly relative and they own their property and they have savings again that's not affected either that's it's not affected in
1: any way at all um attendance allowance doesn't look at what income you've got um whether you're living in whether you own your own home yeah or if you've got any other income coming in or relatives that have income the only concern here is whether you're living in a care home or are in a in a hospital situation, are okay. you in the hospital
0: now? Uh, attendance allowance—we've already covered quite a bit of information about this, um, but we did touch a little bit earlier on the fact that there are certain qualifying criteria. One of those, I believe, is a disability test. So, how does that work?
1: Right, it's quite a complicated scenario. The disability test, so I'll try and break it down for you, so it's a lot more easier to understand. What you're really required to show is that during the day, you require frequent attention in connection with your bodily functions or continual supervision throughout the day in order to avoid substantial danger. Right. Also, it goes on to talk about during the night, whether you require from another person prolonged or repeated attention in connection with your bodily functions in order to avoid substantial danger to yourself and others
0: right okay yeah so uh, I guess then and I I guess the criteria for that they would do with the assessment anyway but um, I guess there are a wide variety of possible issues that someone could qualify under then
1: yes one of the examples would be for an individual who needs to go to the toilet during the night who um, suffers from diabetes but has to frequently go to the bathroom mm. but is that at risk of falling over because of arthritis and high blood pressure or any other health yeah. issues okay. therefore it might take them between 20 to 30 minutes to visit the bathroom mm. and go back to their bed they may require someone to supervise that yeah. or they may need physical assistance so that would qualify
0: yeah. Wow. OK, that's that's really interesting because, I mean, I, I didn't realise quite what the implications were of attendance allowances, one I'd heard of. But, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, now, the lower or higher rates, uh, I think, are, are another area that we were going to touch on as well.
1: Yes, indeed. Um, the higher rate is for people who need help day and night yeah. um if you meet one of the daytime conditions and one of the nighttime conditions you'll qualify for the lower rate yeah um whereas for the higher rate you need to qualify for both day and night okay assistance
0: yeah no problem um so in terms of i mean because it's always a bit of a maze isn't it when you're thinking about shall i apply what can i do um what's the starting point for somebody who thinks they ought to be getting uh, you know this this particular benefit
1: well the first thing that i would advise individuals to do is to is to make a claim if yeah. they're over 65 years old and if they've got a health issue that affects their ability to carry out their day-to-day activities um once you've made the application the Department for Work and Pensions will consider the application they may write to your GP to request a medical report after which a decision will be made Um, hopefully it's a positive decision and if it's not um, there are options available at that stage
0: so that's an overall appeal if you are declined and I guess the appeal itself is going to take uh, a fair while Uh, do you do that as soon as you've been turned down what, what happens?
1: No, if you're not happy with the initial decision of your claim, you can ask for a reconsideration of the decision within one calendar month of the date date. The department for work and pension sends you the decision the decision letter should make it clear who you should write to and um, when the decision-maker reconsiders the decision they can confirm the initial decision or they can increase or reduce the award if you're still not happy with the decision after it's been reconsidered yeah. you can then appeal to a- an independent tribunal within one month of right. receiving that decision
0: Oh, I'm with you. And it
1: can take a while for the appeal to be heard before the tribunal.
0: So that process then, uh, when they're reconsidering it, is based on the evidence you've already given them without extra supporting. It's just another look at your file, so to speak.
1: It is. But you can also provide additional information, should you wish, at that stage. to support your claim the interesting thing about attendance allowances it's probably the least area where people will appeal but probably got the highest success rate if an appeal were to be lodged
0: supposing you're outside of that 28 days i mean suppose we've got someone listening at the moment who was turned down didn't bother appealing say it was a year ago or something that would be treated as a new claim then i guess they would have to resubmit that or are they appealing
1: Well, the general rule is that you have a month to appeal from the date of decision. However, the courts do have a discretion to allow an appeal that's out of time. And the time limit for that is 13 months. Oh, But that is in exceptional circumstances. If, for example, you've been in hospital during that period or there was a reason why you weren't able to... To appeal for example you may not have received a letter mm. from the department of work and pensions so y- you would have to show exceptional circumstances to qualify under the second ground
0: okay for yeah. an out of time appeal and before we move on um on the supervision thing another question just occurred to me i'm pretty sure you'll be able to take it down easily um it's the now obviously this attendance allowance depending on what level you get whether it's the 50 end or the 80 pound uh, a weekend. Um, um, is that money? Then I mean, you. I mean, we're going to come on to how it's paid, but you have to use that to pay someone to come to do what you need them to do, right?
1: No, that's not technically correct. Um, the attendance allowance is given to the applicant, okay. so the person who applies for the benefit and it's really there for them to use in the best way possible to make their life easier for example an individual may decide um they need a specialist type of equipment to help them around the house or a specialist fork to eat or um a taxi to and from the local shops because they have difficulties carrying their shopping or alternatively they may Decide to pay for a carer gotcha. with that money, so it's yeah. really at the discretion of the individual to yeah. use the money in the way that they see.
0: Yeah, so they they, they, they can spend it appropriately. In yes, other words, course. yeah, and, and I mean in terms of the level of supervision as well. Going back onto that one because I think I took us a little bit off a of track in where we were going here, but I think we were about to talk about um, continual supervision, weren't we? Yes. Yeah. Tell me more about that.
1: Supervision means that. You need someone around to prevent accidents to yourself or other people. The words used... Our continual supervision this means frequent or regular um but not non-stop so it's not just the case that you're sat for 24 hours supervising or providing assistance to a a particular individual what we're looking at is what reasonable supervision is required
0: yeah so whether they need someone to help them get up in the morning maybe they're not very good at preparing their lunch and they need to eat regularly and evening time getting ready for bed washed and and into bed and then like you said the potential for getting up during the night as well so yeah that would that
1: supervision is broken down yeah so it doesn't have to be continuous they're looking at the accumulated supervision required within a 24-hour period to make an assessment
0: all right um so obviously people are listening at the moment and thinking well, that sounds like it might be relevant for me. I should do something about it. Um, I mean, what do they do? How how do you go about claiming? What's the
1: well? The first thing that I would advise individuals to do is to contact the Attendance Allowance Helpline, yeah. and their telephone number is zero three four five six zero five six zero double five, and request an application form. Once they've got that, it might be the case that they're not capable capable of filling the form in because their health problems prevent them from concentrating and sitting and writing the form i would advise them to contact their local citizens advice bureau if they're able to do that or a welfare rights organization that provides free service or even a family member who's familiar with the condition yeah or even david phillips and partners who do provide assistance absolutely (laughs) um in completing these forms i would i think it's important that it's completed properly yeah. in addition to that it might be the case that you've got medical evidence to support your claim mm-hmm. send that across with the form and then you'll receive a decision from oh, right. the department from work and pensions
0: yeah and and does the um, i mean i don't know if you know but what's the what's the kind of decision process does it take a long time or is it varies really
1: yeah. um i've had decisions that come back within two weeks yeah. and on other occasions we've waited between two to three months for a decision so it's not overly lengthy but the good thing is is that you're paid from the date of application so ah. even if it takes them three months for a decision if you qualify for attendance allowance it will be backdated yeah. to the date of claim
0: right okay that's great so you're not going to lose out on uh, it taking a little bit longer it's just going to be backdated to the, of of the claim. All right. Brilliant stuff. There we go. So attendance allowance. Now remember um, that the information that we've been talking about, it is generic. Uh, Hopefully some of it will relate to you or somebody that you know. Um, And if there's specific information about your situation, again, DPP law uh, in the high street in Brentwood. You've got some wonderful people there. One of them in the studio with me right now, Tara Beebe, who will be more than happy uh, to help give you the guidance that you need. And that was Is It Legal for this Thursday morning. Thanks, Tara. Thank you, Craig.
1: Lovely to see you. Look forward to seeing you again soon.